But I'm um I'm glad we're all finally in here. Some random shit, crazy shit going on today. So that's what our topic is. Damn it, we're talking about random shit. Our crazy, your crazy. Girl, have you been listening to the Laugh Out Loud podcast? We are having a ball. We are talking about everything. We finished our first season and it was a blast. And now we're going into our second season and we're talking about everything about the V and sex and you and me and all of that good stuff. So you need to join us and come and get together. We need listener support. We're looking forward to having you follow us on Anchor and all our other podcast outlets. We need to get it together, girls. Come and follow us at Laugh Out Loud, Life After 50. We love you. Can't wait to see you follow. Hey, how are you liking the podcast so far? We are loving it. And can I just tell you, it's a lot easier to do than I thought it would ever be. First of all, with Anchor, it's free. They have their own creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer, which I love. And yes, I do use both. They even distribute the podcast on various platforms. I mean, we are now on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and many more. And did I tell you that you can make money from your podcast too? Mm-hmm, you can, and with minimum listenership. Doesn't that sound like everything you need to make a podcast? And it's all in one place. Isn't that so cool? So what are you waiting for? All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And just so y'all know, I am sitting outside, so you're going to hear all kind of stuff because it's hot, but it's a nice breeze going, and I feel like being outside today. <laughs> okay. Well, at least you go outside. We got a little patio, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm. Yeah, I love it. What's going on, y'all? What's new in the world? What's good? I learned something about myself. Okay. Today, just now, when? <laughs> Uh, so yesterday I had my, um, professional development session with, I got this little coach or whatever. So he's cool. Like he's like 20 bucks and we just talk or whatever. So a while back, I was telling you that I had communicated with my ex and you were like, well, you just like, you just like problems. You just like to have problems to fix problems to solve. It's something about you, you know? I didn't say, I said, you like to solve problems. Right, right. You are a problem. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, and that's a it's a skill and a talent and a gift, but it's also a weakness a and curse. a curse. <laughs> so, uh, I'm listening to the conversation that we're having, and I went back to um, 
the day that I couldn't get in school in Cleveland and my dad took me back to see my mom mm -hmm. and shit was the Ray. Oh, wow. That moment right there, I was like, no, I got to fix this. I can't go with you. Mm -hmm. uh, in that moment, okay, 13, 14, it was somewhere between eighth and ninth grade. Okay. I decided that my self-preservation was was secondary. Right. And fixing a situation that was like not I, yours I, to fix. Right. Not mine to fix as a child. Not mine to fix as a child. As a human being, it wasn't my problem. But I was so attached to it. Yeah. And I could feel it. Like I could feel it. It's a deep freaking layer. I could feel the rawness in my gut. Mm-hmm. And I became naturally inclined to fix problems from that because it was, and I, I, okay, I was 13, 14, I fixed it. Like she got off the couch, the bed bugs were gone, the kids were clean, the house was clean. Right. And I didn't need anybody to say nice job. I right. could see confirmation the, the evidence, right. right? My brothers were back to school. Yeah. But that, fucking thread has been like now it's a chain mm -hmm. and it's just been like you know braided up yeah but that's okay because it can even though it's been braided up it's like think of like a rope and how all the parts but once you finally cut that piece of that cord and you can start unraveling that shit you can take all three parts apart take off what you want to take off and you know Keep the rest. You'll be all right. The good thing too is that you've acknowledged it, like, and you you came to the realization that this was an issue for me. That's what I was gonna say when um. When she did look at me. Wait, she did look at me sideways though. That day she was like, "What? What? What? Right? What you just like? What did you just say to me?" <laughs> My thing is, once you acknowledge an issue, no matter what it is, how big or how small, then there's no excuse anymore. So yeah. it's like being an alcoholic. Like I work on it every day. I might not be perfect, but since I've acknowledged it, this is something I deal with every day. So when people tell me, oh my gosh, well, I do this, but I just can't help it. Well, if you recognize that you do that and it's causing you an issue, then I'm not saying it's going to go away, but you can help it. Each day you acknowledge it and you work towards it. Right. Each day. And so that's, the big takeaway for me. So it's awesome that you were able to recognize something like that because then you probably, like you said, you felt it in your gut right then. So there you go. You know it's something there and that's what you have to deal with. Yeah. But I, I identify because when I was in high school, I don't know what, what grade it was, maybe it's like 10th grade. And I, um, I lived with my grandmother when my grandfather died. I had to be about 11, 12 years old. And Sometimes I, you know, summertimes I was still with my mom or I was over there every weekend. And I, at one point I had to transfer schools. And so I transferred schools back and forth. And I remember a counselor telling me, because I think my mom was pregnant, I want to say with my sister, either one of my baby sister or brother. And so the counselor kind of knew the things was going on and how it would help. And I'm like, well, my mom needs me or whatever. And she told me, well, that's not your issue to fix or you have to decide what you need to do for you and because I was a good student and so by the time I was transferring back and forth my grades were just mediocre or I was barely passing or I wasn't going to class 
So she took that upon herself to kind of say, well, you got situations going on at home, but that's not your issue. You need to be worried about you. And I took offense to that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, oh no, I'm going to show you. Like I can make it okay and I can make me okay. Like I was so offended when she said that. And so when you said, okay, no, I can fix this. Don't worry about it. It's going to be all right. I can fix this. I identified with that. That's how I was. I was like, how dare you tell me what I can and cannot do? Mm-hmm. If, if, if my mother needs me, then that's where I'm going to be. I don't care what happens. You know, and, and as, as a teenager, you know, you're not thinking about being 30, 40, whatever. I was just like, I don't care what happens. It's going to be whatever I say it's going to be. So you do take that with you. And I'm probably the same way. I probably feel like that now, being the oldest of my siblings. I feel like I have to fix everything. It has just been recently that I have one of my younger siblings that has kind of taken over a little bit because I'm just not in the same position I was as they were growing up. So it took a little weight off my shoulders, but I've always felt like if they're okay, I'm okay. I don't care what I have or I don't have, but my five siblings need to be okay. And that comes from way back rooted, just like when I think when that concert told me that, I was offended by that. And so I drug that with me for a long time. So I do understand I do understand that. So like I said, I'm just now getting a break, if you say, whereas I'm not the one that everybody calls for everything. You know, I know they still do, but (laughs) I have another sibling that kind of, you know, fills in some of that gap. I'm just grateful for that. But even, I don't think that'll ever go away. Being the oldest, I feel like I'm responsible for them. And two of my siblings is married. Married with, you know, everybody got family, but they married, got husbands and stuff. But I still feel like I have to make sure they're okay. Even though clearly that's not my job anymore. <laughs> so you just can't help it. So I, I, I agree. I identify with that. Yeah, I think that that's a Black woman's thing. And we have been talking about this on and off too. It's like that struggle that I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. And we have identified with it. Like I was calling it the Black girl badge of honor like we wear this badge of honor i asked somebody to come on the show just to talk to us about something simple and it was okay 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 and then finally when i asked her for a date she said oh well, i got this going on and i got that going on and you know and i had to do this and i had to do that i said don't none of that sound like anything you had to do but okay you know i just listened all right then <clears throat> And then she said, you know, as black women, we do what we had to do kind of thing. And I was like, I just, I stopped, you know, because I don't believe that it's something that we have to carry around with us. And I'm like, I just want to pull that off of, I just want to pull that off of us because it's not, and not that you don't, you know, have to, but stop wearing it as a badge of honor, like, Okay, so I got to hustle hard. I'm hustling. I'm grinding. I got to make this work. I don't think that that's, I don't think that that's what life is supposed to be about. And then I don't, I also believe that it's societal. Like society has put that on us. So it's like our families bought into it. And from generation to generation, we just kind of passed this crazy torch down. Agree. I mean, I think it's it's one of those things where you say a gift and a curse, what have you. I think it's awesome that as black women, we feel strength 
Mm-hmm. You feel that I can take on anything. I can do anything. I don't need anybody. But the flip side of that, we all need somebody. And we have, have become so accustomed to do, taking over and doing three and four different people's jobs to whereas we don't understand it. That is not how it has to be. Right. Like you said, I get it. I get, we all do what we have to do, but is that really what life is supposed to be about? You know, at what point do you slow down and say, okay, it's about me. I need to have me together and be the best I can be before I can turn around and help anybody or anything. And we don't really realize that until late in life, if we realize it at all. And so that, that's a hard concept. So I get it and, and I get it. So. Yeah, it's like literally for me, I'm just now starting to see the connection between because like I I don't take care of my siblings as much anymore until there's an issue right like if if my brother is like so depressed that he's about to kill himself like people will call me and I'll send for a wellness check you know what I mean but I don't they're so far removed my behavior went to like work performance you know it, it transferred you know what I mean? And I'm sitting here thinking like, all right, you know, my dad might have drank too much, my mom with the drugs. This is this is what I'm doing for to find my value add. I'm I'm putting I'm overcompensating in work. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, I'm overcompensating somewhere. Now, you know, it may not be you know that might not be the same thing with ukb but i know for me i think that there were times when i would be at work when i worked uh in a nonprofit, i would be at work like two or three in the morning i was working at home every relationship i ever had people said you know work was the issue and now even like i was so paranoid last night at three o'clock in the morning that if i didn't get that discipline signed that i went to work to get it signed she called me. <laughs> now it was one o'clock my time. So actually, yeah, it was three, four o'clock. And so she, she I, I was texting y'all to show you that I had done, you know, I finished the podcast. I got all this other stuff up and I, I wanted to send that to y'all. And then she called. I was like, what the hell? So I thought it was an accident. So I said, I'm trying to see if, is this a butt down? She's like, no, I'm, I'm glad you're up. I'm like, crazy you what right are you doing <laughs> but oh i get it because i too was there and i i mean and i totally identify with what both of you are saying because i become that person too i have always kind of been that person i remember when i was young my dad said to me um well tracy you the oldest so when we leave the house when me and your mama not around you know, I expect you to step up and take charge. And I was like, um, okay. And then he said, and if anything is out of order, I'm beating your ass. I was like, wait, what? Uh-uh. Who, who came up with this agreement? Why is that cool? <laughs> Why do I get an ass whooping if they do crazy stuff? What if they don't listen to me? Like I went in straight panic mode. And what ended up happening is the same kind of thing. I've intertwined this whole thinking like i gotta be in control i gotta be a leader i gotta make sure that 
everything, you know, everything goes the way it's supposed to go. Otherwise, something's going to happen to me, you know, I'm bad or, you know, things like that. And not that that's a conscious thought, but somewhere in my subconscious, it still lives. So I do have to make a conscious effort not to try to solve everybody's problem and all of that. And that takes some time to unwind that. Right. I get it because there's that, that also that like, as an African-American woman, I was taught everything that goes on in this, like we're supposed to protect our families. We're supposed to make sure our families are okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like you don't family over everything. And I mean, like, you know, what goes on in this house stays in this house. Right. I mean, and I think what happened was I got a job so early in my life and my because of the natural course of my life, my self-esteem was, you know, my ego strength was, was shot. Mm -hmm. So once I found that I did that good, I mean, look, I used to be at Wendy's like till four o'clock in the morning and we oh was what, 15. Mm -hmm. Girl, she was, I was like, okay. Like, I didn't understand. I didn't get a job till I was 18. So I didn't, I, like something in my brain didn't process that part. I knew her struggle though, and I knew that it was just something that she had to do because of the dynamics of her household. You know, it was kind of like she had to take care of herself. That's true too. Mm -hmm. So I got to find a balance between being a good uh, sibling and being family connected and oriented. Like I know, like with the kids, I was at work all the time. That was that. And I used the excuse like, I got to make sure y'all can eat, you know, keep a roof over your head, you know. And it really was about my own mindset that I thought if I didn't do that, then I was, you know, inadequate yeah. in some way. But yeah. And that's okay, though. Like, I want women, when they listen to this podcast, to realize that wherever you are, whatever you've been through, not that it's okay, but it's okay. Like you can't beat yourself up about your past. Right, That's right. I have come to a place where I even make sure that I just kind of accept people where they are. Like when you was talking about the crazy girl earlier and like she wasn't getting what you were saying. It's like, okay, well, I can't give her no more information than that. I did my part and back up. I and did that this time though. Look. So we had a, a motivational interview on training yesterday and I was listening to that training. And when I tell you two hours later, I was back on pushing, like somebody was like, I ain't signing that paper. And I was like, why you ain't signing it? I ain't got time for this. Today. <laughs> but when I got to her this morning, I was like, I'm just sharing with you what the options are. Right. So, you know, the choice is ultimately yours. But here's where that lies for us as a company, you know, my responsibility as a supervisor, but ultimately the decision is yours. Right. right. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> you, too, you too, you was proud of me. I'm, saying, I'm proud of you too, Patty. Right, right. This is the second time that we kind of process this workaholic 
thing. The first time it was the other person that it came from corporate that was kind of making me like all crazy in my head. Right. right. So I think what's going to happen is it's going to keep. It is. It's, it's you're peeling off the layers and you're realizing like what's going on and where did that come from? So like um, there's a couple of um, slave challenge days coming up where I talk about people's fears. And when I say fear, and maybe I need to change what I'm saying, but because it's not, it's not fear like, oh my God, I'm scared, but there's something, a piece to it that's like attached, that's keeping you held to something else. So whether it's a fear, a doubt, um, there's that feeling of- It's it, subconscious, it's subconscious. It is. It is. And so, you gotta like there's work that has to be done to put your finger on it you know exactly exactly and so so those are some of the things that that's what i'm hoping that people are starting to get out of this is that like it's okay wherever we are in life and it's okay to de decide what you want from here on out but right. you have to realize that what you want from here on out can be affected by what's going on before you so you got to go back, you know, some of those things you have to go back to, like, I've always been this person where I'm like, you know what, the past is in the past, I'm moving forward, I ain't playing with it, da 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 but the truth is, some of that shit is fucking with me today, so I'm like, wait a minute, I, I'm, so I'm going back and I'm doing the work of, as those things present, like, right. problem solving things. You're right, when it's in balance, when you are not over, you know, doing or taking on more than your fair share, so to speak, um, then it's cool. But when you're doing too much, it just, it, it makes you crazy. Mm -hmm. So anyway, sometimes we got to back up a little bit, take a look, clean out the closet and go forward. I think we can always put our fingers on that, whether we realize it or not, uh -huh. because any fears or any doubts, anything negative we have comes from an experience so it may not be your experience but it, it may have been an experience you were close to but it's an experience otherwise why would we have that doubt or why would we have that fear so to speak so you do have to try to look back and say hey at what point did i decide that this was what it was right. because it's, right. it's, it's definitely a decision so um if it was something that happened in the past it definitely reflects on and determines how you respond to things today but it all can be traced back to some type of experience that you had that's just I think that's just how it works so you're right and and starting where you are and moving forward is hard but it's, it's one thing that just ultimately has to be done and I'm like you Tracy I, you try to accept people where they are no matter what's going on this is you you can't be anybody else in this day in this moment that just that just is what it is. So you decide that you want something else. And um, like Patty was talking about relationships and I had to decide that what type of relationship do I want to have with anything in my life? What type of relationship do I want to have with my siblings? What type of relationship do I want to have with my parents? You know, what type of relationship do I want to have, you know, at work? Mm -hmm. And then just, I, you just, you have to decide that and make it happen. Otherwise you just, flapping around willy-nilly, and things are just happening. And so at this age, I'm just like, okay, let me just figure out what I want and work with it from there. That's right. Okay. 
and that's it's not easy it's not easy i've had people that i've let go and just stop talking to because that's not the type of relationship i decided i wanted to have with that person and that is okay too that's probably right. like we probably need to clean that closet too our relationship shit and we're gonna yeah. talk about that coming up we go in there i think that my that thread is related to both things like it's it's you know what i mean it's related to all three i'm sorry my relationship with others my relationship with myself and my relationship with work and it's and it's like intertwined right you just have to decide how you want it to look it may not look like that tomorrow or next month but if you have no clear picture of how you want it to look you just okay what we doing today oh well what we doing tomorrow so yeah then you get to decide what kind of what you want it to look like and it takes work like you were saying it does it takes work but the positive thing is you have you have identified it that's the hard part some people never figure it out right or don't yep. want to know. Like, it's something over there, you, something fucked up over there I want to see. So I found this article. Uh-huh. There was a couple things that I, I wanted to link on to. So it's in Psychology Today. And it said, for many, workaholism is a true addiction, inextricably tied to feelings of self-worth and identity. I think that happened to me early on in life. Like, I clicked on to work. I got a paycheck. I was able to take care of myself. People you know, having you at work, they, they right. call every time, yeah. Right. Can um, you come in? Can you stay? Um, workaholic display, displays symptoms similar to any other addict, works long hours at the expense of personal relationships and health. When not working, they're thinking about work. Work dictates mood. When work is going well, they're good. When work is going less well, they're not good. Mm -hmm. workaholics go months without seeing friends put marriages on cruise control defend their choice to work as hard as they do when workaholics aren't busy working or doing something to promote their work they feel anxious and guilty so that's what happened when all of those uh tasks were moved on to somebody else i started feeling uh right. all different things mm -hmm. um for women in particular, workaholism may stem from the lingering notion that great opportunities for women are still rarer, rarer than they are for men, and as such, must be strived for without unflagging determination and drive. Female employees are amongst the first generation to have been raised by mothers who, as a whole, placed importance not just on a job, but a career. Now, my mom, that wasn't the thing with her yeah but in general but yours was like your hands was tied you had to do something or you know it was like right i gotta do something or i'm gonna die or something you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it was a natural response necessary right necessity mm -hmm. of it if you are enjoying the laugh out loud podcast as much as we are enjoying creating it then consider becoming a supporter. You can do so by going over to anchor.fm backslash laugh out loud backslash support. Your donation will help sustain future episodes, expand our platform, and reach our tribe. So come on, show your love. Again, that's anchor.fm 
backslash laugh out loud backslash support. Or just click the link in the description. We love you and thank you. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so that's a whole lot to unravel though. Like, how did the whole workaholic thing come back? When did it first step in? You know, and that's what anything that you start struggling with um, or recognize is an issue for you. Like, that no longer, um, I like to look at it as, okay, that is no longer serving my life. So what do I need to get rid of that so that I can fill my life with something that does serve me well? And so, like, the workaholic thing. I was a workaholic for years. And like I had five, six jobs at a time. People was like, how you keep up with your stuff? I was like, it's just my thing. It's just what I'm doing, you know? And it was, it was a crazy time for me. And looking back, I can see the crazy. Once I'm over here, like, I mean, once I was in it, I, I couldn't see it. I thought, yeah. you know, I was working. Yes, I'm working to make money. I'm working to have this better lifestyle. I'm working so I can travel. I'm working so I can be where I want to be in life. You know, I, and I had those excuses too. And that's what they are. They're beautiful excuses. And so really, when we take the time to sit back, and like, I think I was telling y'all that, you know, making six figures was great, but I had more peace, I was happier, and I had everything I needed making like 30,000. I made 30,000 one year, the year that I decided that I wasn't doing nothing else. Uh-huh. And that 30000 was fine. It got me what I needed. You know, I was like, wow, that's all I made this year? Like, I was still tripping on it. The working part, the workaholic part, is the hardest puzzle mm-hmm. to fit in in your life because it's connected to your livelihood. It's connected to your money. So when you start to pick at that and chip away at that, you realize that you have to live on something less. You may have to live on less. You may have to do without, and that's scary. It's, yeah. it's scary because you work really hard to get to wherever you are. And then when you realize that maybe it's an issue with me just, you know, work, work, work. Okay, so less work equals less money. And I'm barely making it as a workaholic. So how do I pull back? Right. To me, that's the scariest puzzle. It is. Puzzle piece of yeah. all. To just say, wow, because the first thing that comes to your mind is less money. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that, that's a hard one. security like security was a big thing for me and, and it took it took some years to even make the decision to step out then it took a few more years to actually do it you know it's not like it's this thing that i'm like oh you know what fuck this i got to leave i felt that way and there were different points where i go back and i'm looking and i was like man i tried to step out there and then all the cra- all hell broke loose. So it's like, okay, let me step back in. And then I tried to step out again. And then it was like, okay, nope, I need a little more security. So I go back to work. Like, so it's a process. It's a process to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And the other part about it is what I don't understand is for the greater half of my for no, not even say okay, 14, so how old am I, 50, I'll be 51. 
So we're talking about 36 years of my life. I've been working for other people. Yeah. I could have been working for myself. You know what I mean? At some point, I would have made enough money to take care of myself. But we're taught that. What are you taught when you first go to school? When you first start going to school? What do you want to be when you grow up? Career yeah. day. Before that, even before all of that. When you go to kindergarten, what do they do in kindergarten? They teach you, you, they teach you to be organized, to, you know, how to socialize, like all, this is stuff that we have learned. And then as you get older, they add a little bit more to it. You're going to have to know how to do this, 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 and this to be successful in this world. You know, they teach you how to live. They teach you how to work. They it's teach all about you how to work. How to work. That is it. They teach you how to work from day one. You're not taught that you can be an entrepreneur. You're, we're not taught that. Not in the public school systems, they're not teaching that. You know, what, get your job, you know, get, find your path. Do this is, a, you know, and it's like, oh, is that my path? That's what I'm supposed to do? So you're like, okay. So you find what you think works best for you. And then later on, you're like, well, is this what I really wanted to do? Like, that's what I love about this age, though. Because a lot of people, even like our, I was looking at our statistics and really most of the women that listen to us are between the ages of 35 and 45. <laughs> we have some in our up, up a little bit higher, but it's that 35 to 45 because I think that they're looking like, oh my God, what is this? Like, there's got to be something better on the other side. Let me see what's going on over here. And so I think those are the people that we're attracting. And I like this age group because many of us are just like you know what i'm done with the bullshit <laughs> i'm just done with that and it's it's time to live my life the way i want to live my life or we're at a point where we're like you know what i am nowhere close to where i thought i would be and i've been having these conversations all week with people so that's how i know so it's like i am nowhere closer to where i think i'm supposed to be so we feel you know that makes us feel bad like i ain't nowhere near i ain't nowhere near i gotta do something else you, I feel, defeated. Mm -hmm. you feel defeated you know after working and i'm like patty i i got to look summer job at 14 and so every summer I had a job 15 and at 16, I was able to get a real job. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I've, I've always had a job, always been working. And so you do, you reach 50 and you like, wait. So you feel like, damn, what was all that for? I don't have, I'm nowhere near where I, what I think I'm supposed to be. Exactly. Don't any of that. So then you start to, to, to question everything, but I love the newer or I'm gonna say younger generation, their mindset, because you know, my daughter have my nephew and they made the exact same point. And he was like, Auntie, they don't teach you how to run your own business in school. Like you don't learn those things. So when I meet with them, you know, because they're all trying to do their own little thing. And when I meet with them, that's his, the first thing he says, it's like, well, we weren't taught this. We were taught to go to work. We were taught to get a job. And even his dad, um, <laughs> I'm glad he don't listen to that. He's just a little bit older than my sister. And so her husband, his whole thing was when he when his son decided that, oh, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to college. Like, that's not for me. He was like, oh, well, you got to get a trade. And that just made me laugh because I was like, <laughs> <"That's> trade. <laughs> 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 I 
joke is like, yes, they, you know, the generation before their whole thing was like, okay, yeah, you get out of school and you go get a job. Like you find something, you get a job and you just work that till you retire. And with our generation, it was like, okay, get out of school, go to school so you can get a better education. And then you get a job and you work till you retire. But right. this generation is more like, you know what? This is not what I want to do. I want to do my own thing. And I love that. And the other thing I try to explain to them too, you don't have to have a job and work it for 30 years. Like yes. that was our thing. Like you retire from, it's like, oh my God, you'd have been there for 30 years. Wow. But now I said, I don't care if you work a job for two years, whatever it is, you make it work for you. You work there until it no longer works for you. And then you move on. Like, yeah. you don't have to say, like, oh, my gosh, I, done, I made my five-year anniversary. Who cares? It really means nothing. Right. It does, in the big scope of things, it means nothing. The company is not putting extra in your pocket. So at some I point, said, you have to if relax. You today or tomorrow, right. they find somebody. They're going to figure it out. They keep going. They That's keep what going. companies do. That's mm -hmm. what they do. So I said, do what you need to do. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, do what you need to do and make it work for you. Because the company is going to make it work for them. So Absolutely. if you need to be at work and it's something that you learn the skills or whatever you need to do to take it away to do what you want to do, so be it. And don't feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I always taught my kids is use it as a step, not a crutch. Because so many of us get stuck and that pisses me off. I'm like, oh my God. And you know this, KB. Either I'm having a deja vu moment or we actually had this conversation before. But you know how you'll be, you know, we working in the hospital doing all these different things and then you get a nursing assistant or a medical assistant and they start helping you. And, you know, you're like, you are so much smarter than this. Why are you, you know, do, do you need some help getting into nursing school? What is it? You know? And they have some kind of caught up thing in their minds too. And so they end up being stuck. I'm like, this is a step. Being a nursing assistant is not, you know, for some people it is. Like that's all they can do, you know? Right. And they're great at it and they love it. And, you know, so more power to them. But when you come across people like that and you know they want more. They want, that's just what I was going to say. They have to want to. Right. They both. want it or they say they want right. it. But right. there's no feeling behind it, ain't no action behind it, ain't no nothing behind it. And so they choose you know, to walk around on these crutches. It's like, um, yeah, I know I can walk, but I'd rather have these crutches right here. And so that was something that I always taught my kids. And I remember early on when I first, um, you know, when they were little, little, I was like, yeah, you got to go to school. You got to go to college. You know, it's not an option, da, da, da. And then as I evolved and grew, I changed my own mind. Like, you know what? That's stupid. Because I realized even for me, it wasn't until I was like in my mid twenties, mid twenties to thirty, somewhere in there, where I really started figuring out what I wanted to do with myself. I figured out, you know, that's when I stepped into nursing school. And then even then, I'm like, you know, I still change. We, you have the right to change your mind. You have the right to evolve yourself in any direction you want to evolve yourself into. And so that's why I am where I am now. You know, and so some of my kids decided to go to school. Some of them did not. Some of them been in and out. And, you know, it's still, I do love that thing about them, though, that they kind of make up their minds. And other people don't like it 
like me for that reason like because i haven't instilled in them that you have to go and you have to work and you have to take other people's bullshit because you don't you absolutely don't and i don't think you do at any age so that's a good point so what do you want for yourself now moving forward patty you got this look on your face like you just um I mean, you know, you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing from here. That's what the look is. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing from here. What am I doing? <laughs> right, and you start talking about why y'all keep talking. That's how she looking. No, no. no it's I like, like um, what the fuck am I doing? Go ahead. <laughs> well, so one of the things that happens when I get deep in thought is that thought. I have to work it out. Like that's yeah. probably some OCD shit, you know, but it's like, okay, how did I get here? So then I'm trying to like get to this path. I'm a problem solver. Remember? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even when it comes to me, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. How do I undo this? Like, where's the bolt that let me unscrew that, you know, like this is literally, I'm like, okay, work ain't working. That's the thought that came to my mind. Right. Now that's it. I don't. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know where I want to be. Like I, I am thinking like I can work for myself. I can do something for myself, and I don't have to give everybody all my good juice. Like I probably, you know, I'm already depleted, but I could probably push out, eke out something for me, yeah. and maybe in doing that. I would find more energy, mm -hmm. you know, to live a more uh, balanced life. And satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, but you know what? You are in this space, and I can only say it because I, I was in that space. You are in this space where you, uh, you kind of like, on this fence and like i don't know which direction i'm going but i'm used to doing this so i'm i'm gonna keep doing this and i'm gonna work it work it work it but it's really just starting to, it's like agitating you you know how you have you get them little gnawing headaches and like if you touch touch it uh in that area or if you move a certain way you're like oh no i'm just gonna stay right here like because that's too painful right and so it's like but if you just do something get you some peppermint like do like Follow, find the solution. The solutions are out there, but you so worried and focused on this little pain that if I move, it's going to hurt more. So rather than doing that, you know, it's like you got to make the decision. You got to get to the point where you can make the decision that, okay, I'm ready to make this shift. And it don't have to be radical. Like for, for a lot of people, it seems like my shit is so radical. Like, you know, I just said, okay, fuck y'all. I'm leaving. I'm leaving the world of nursing. And I'm over here. That's not the case at all. You know, sometimes you got to figure out like, okay, what's the little steps in between that I can do if that's where I want to be over there? Because her patio look better than my patio. So I want to be over there. I want mine like that. Then what do I need to do to get mine to look like that? And it's like, follow the process. What, what was her process? You know, figure out the process and figure out what works best for me, and then I can make my patio, you know, 
like her patio. So you could get there, but it's about you figuring out what that's going to take. And in all honesty, you need a, you need rest right now. You need rest. Your mental be. I'm like, wait, come back over here. Stop. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not that you are you are such a brilliant person that you uh, always revert back to doing the problem solving thing. You always revert back to your comfort zone. That's the you that's human nature too. You like, oh my god, okay, I know this. I know this step yeah. you can take. And I'm not saying that to ask you to answer this question right now, but what's one little step that you can take to bring yourself up and out of that comfort zone? Like, what is that step? What does that look like for you? What can you do? And while you're pondering that, uh -huh. my, <laughs> my input would be, what do you want your life to look like? Um, not saying that it is, not saying that it can't be. Like, do you even have an idea of what, like you said, work is not working. Okay, so what is it that you want? And that's scary and it's exciting at the same time. It's just like, yeah. it's so many, and that's where I, I live. Tracy knows this, that's where I live. And I, I don't think I can get things done because I live there. I live where it's like so much that I can do. Like a kid in the candy store, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to stop. I don't know if to keep going. It's just overwhelming. Yeah. But so when I back up and try to say, what is it? What is it that you want it to look like? Because if you don't know what you're moving towards. Yeah. What say? Well, but, well, no, I think that because she knows she wants out of it, I think that that's a great question to ask yourself. What do I want? But I think until you clear your headspace, you, it's hard to find it. out what that is. That's hard to figure out. Like, okay, I can't figure out what I want because I'm stuck in here. Let me get out of the sand trap. And then once I'm out of the sand trap and I know I'm safe, now I can, you know, think about so the next, my next best move. But you saying get it out, is it, that you, is it that you're getting out of this particular job or out, period? It might be this particular job. That's what I'm saying. Figure out what that next little step is. Right. I mean, so if I apply the information that I have, the only way an alcoholic stops using alcohol is to be separated from alcohol. So if we were to talk about working, it's, I mean, like I got to figure out a way to get, to get separated from work without losing all of my income. Right and being able to sustain myself to get to a clear point. What I know for a fact is because it's for the right reasons, a solution will come. Right. I'm not trying to like jack my company off or I'm just trying to figure out, take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I know it'll come. I don't know what I want, you know, like, there's things that I've said, and then I think later, do I really want that? Like, does that really bring me joy? You know, what is it that I really, really want? You know, like truly, truly want. Like I could see myself doing, and if I didn't make another dime, I would be okay. And I'm not talking about doing to be doing, I'm talking about being and living and, and breathing and connecting to other people. Cause I really don't, I really don't connect. I don't connect to other people. 
you know, I move in and about, you know, I have moments of connection. I'm like a flickering light bulb, you know? It'll come. I though. mean, this is probably it, like as far as Connecting true. Real. Right. And I got it. I mean, honestly, if I don't feel safe, you're not going to get this. Right. You know, so do I feel safe at work? No, because that's uh, where my addict behavior is acting out. So there's no way that's not true connection. Right. Right. That's really just about me getting my needs met, feeling valuable, important, right. connected, whatever it is that I'm trying to work out unconsciously subconsciously whatever where i you know i'm the person that has made work the priority so i'm no different than the person that has made alcohol the priority i'm drinking every day you know on the job you know what i mean like and if you think about it with a certain level of sickness as an alcoholic you're not even enjoyable to other people anymore you know what I mean? You're just, they're like, oh, I hope they don't start drinking today. You know, that's how I'm kind of thinking about this. I'm not trying to be hard on myself. I'm literally examining. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. How I move and, and breathe in the world. You know what I mean? And like can this. Just say something. That too for you is growth. Not being hard on yourself. And like really, like I see it in your face, like that you're just really sitting back and just like, well, let me reevaluate this thing. And that's awesome, so. And I don't even know why that's bringing tears to my eyes, you know. So KB was talking about exit strategies and things right. like that. Go back to the, go back to when you first started, cause you said, you was talking about somebody and I couldn't hear what you were saying. You were talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So Tracy's ASIC strategy was a little different. So she decided that, you know, she was making almost like a lateral move. Maybe it was a little bit up or whatever, but it's like, okay, I'm going to go to this job because I'm going to get out of this toxic space. So I'm going to move over to another job and which I'm sure she loved at first. It was pretty good, but not too long after this, she's like, well, you know what? I don't even think I want to be here. So her strategy pivoted to it's saying, okay, what do I need to do to just just leave? I'm going to be able to just leave. I need some time to make that happen. Right. She did that, set out for a while, had left it. It was good. You know, things were doing okay. And she said, you know what? I need a few dollars. So I'm going to step into another place, a different type of environment, make a few dollars. But I know even day one that this is only going to be temporary. Right now, I'm about to, and she will budget out to the damn penny. Like, okay, I need this, and, I, okay, it's going to take me 9.2 months to get this. So this is what I'm doing for 9.2 months. And I'm like, okay. So her strategy was like that. It was really calculated. And so, you know, as things happen, she will reevaluate and say, oh, I might need two more months, or I might need a month, or I might be able to be done a little early. But hers was so calculated. On the other hand, Mine was a little different. I went to plan to say, you know what? This is what I want to do. I need this many more months. And then I can, you know, I will feel padded enough. I've always, I think I've always been blessed like that to be able to save a little bit and say I have a little padding, a little cushion so I can do some things that I want to do. So my plan was to say, okay, let's just get through. Cause we were working kind of outside. It was good weather. Like, oh, I can do it through the good weather. But by the time winter hit, 
I should be okay to be able to say, you know what, I'm not doing this and have everything in a place. But the powers that be decided that, nope, it's time to go now. So I was actually let go from my job. Like, oh, we can't use your certification anymore. Like this came out of left field. Never saw it coming, never expected it to come. I just got a call and said, you know what, your certification is no longer valid in this position that you have. So you no longer have a job. Like I was on vacation. I was literally on vacation and I was due to come back like in a day or two. And I was called before it was time to come back and say, nope, you just, you won't be coming back. Cause you kept saying, they ain't got me. I don't have a schedule up here. What's yeah, up? You, you, right. you didn't know what it was. I already knew it was something crazy. Uh -huh. And when I did get the call and they said they had human resources, and I'm sure you know, like they had, I already knew, like before I even talked to anyone, I was like, wow, so this is how you do it. But okay. So I could have went one or two ways. It could have freaked me out or I could have just scrambled around to say, okay, I got to get something to replace this. But I didn't. I said, you know what, then if that's how it was meant to be, then that was my exit. Like whether I planned it or not, that was it. So now I have to figure something else out. So, but when I think about it, I'll see a position and say, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do. I can learn that. When I, The more I read into it, I just, something just in the back of my head is like, oh my God, no. Like, no. <laughs> so even, I don't care, you know, you'll see the figures you'll see how the money is but in the pit of my stomach I'm just like I just can't I, I just can't and that's just where I am in my life right now right but yeah. I said that to say it's totally different it's totally different from her situation but when I like I look to go back and to do things like Tracy don't even look that like if I could talk her into it she will but otherwise <laughs> she don't even look into it. right I'm like Tracy we're gonna do this she be like um okay but she don't even look, so I'll look sometimes, but I kid you not, no matter how many times I look and I'll see something that's like, this, this might be perfect or whatever, something inside just goes, I, I don't even want to go to that. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what time I have to be somewhere. I don't want anybody telling me, oh, you can't go on vacation for this long because you can only have four days. Like, I just don't want that. And that's just how I come to terms with what I do. And I just take it, one day at a time. Yeah. Like a 12 step program, literally one day at a time. But KB, I wanted to go back and talk about um and talk about that space that you were in because like for me, I was able to create my exit strategy. And for you and like a lot of other people now, because of the circumstances of the world. Um, people have been displaced from jobs and kind of, so I think that a, there are a lot of people out there that can identify with where you are or where you were. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just think I lost my uh, thought. That's going to be a nice little, nice little clip. <laughs> to be thrown in somewhere. Uh, I think I just lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all confident and I'm a movie and all, everything was flowing and then like, right. oh, yeah, it's gone. This is the part that pisses me off because I'm like, let me take But I get where you're going because whether you can plan it or it happens or, you know, organically just, you know, out right. of the results of a company change or what have you, a lot of people as a result of 
COVID and, and the state of our country right now are experiencing more of KB's experience, just right. no longer working, yeah. you know, now having to resort to other forms of income and sometimes maybe not even having any income exactly. and how anxiety producing, provoking that can be, you know, there's a lot of parts and pieces. I just think about all of the people that come to work for us, you know, even in the midst of COVID in yeah. a healthcare facility, you know, it's just these are tough times yeah you know yeah but that doesn't mean i was out where the direction i was trying to go in was oh there's some uncertainty right thank you <laughs> there's some uncertainty insecurity and just like you just feel like you have no control of anything this is the best time to really sit down and come up with a vision for your life and rethink what it is that you truly want from here. If you are in that space, like now is the perfect time to do that. When we don't have a plan for something, when you don't have a plan, when you just, you know, allow shit, the chips to fall where they may, when you just live life on life terms, that kind of bullshit, then yeah, you're going to get whatever comes to you. Come up with something, plan something for yourself. Now I'm going to tell you, like, for me, like there's a tendency to just be like that uh pinball and just kind of like you know oh this right. is a good idea oh. you know i i don't Perfect have the, the direction you know i'll get an idea and it'll feel really good and because i operate out of my feeling space if it doesn't feel good then it's very hard for me to have the momentum to connect to it and keep going you know and, and the other part of that is it could feel good at the onset of the idea because I love newness. Right. And then anxiety sets in and then I get paralysis, analysis paralysis where yeah. I'll freeze. <laughs> Why are you laughing, girl? Yeah, she said analysis paralysis. <laughs> just talking about like, oh, you overthinking it and now yes. you can move. Right. So, exactly. That's exactly. That's you know? But the thing is, which is what I love about you, Patty, and it's so funny, you recognize so you've grown to know all these things. So now I'm not gonna let you use any of them as an excuse. They're not excuses any longer. You recognize, <laughs> you recognize it, and we were sitting here trying to let make you understand. And that's like I know it. I need to change what I eat, but yeah. I keep still eating a pound of salami a day, girl. Come on, now what are you uh, talking about? Well, like recognition and change behavior, not don't necessarily stand right next to each other. <laughs> what you're talking about though is if yeah. this is what you say you want you say you understand, like I know my crazy right here and I don't really want to be crazy no more I like some of it not all of it so it's, I got to do something to begin to make that shift so yeah. what am I going to do well I would just go to Belize for six months yes honey I'm telling you. <laughs> well, somewhere shit. but accountability yeah. can be everything to your journey Yes. And sometimes you just need somebody else there to be like, okay, look, and holding you to your shit. That's what being accountable means. And so sometimes like I've been in these programs with other women and we all, you know, oh, I'm gonna give you accountability, buddy. No, you can't give me accountability, buddy. I need to find somebody I resonate with. <laughs> right. Resonate with and then they're my accountability buddy, then that's cool. Because, you know, some people like people don't care enough. But I think when you build a sisterhood, like, like what we have, I think that's when it's like, okay, 
right, Patty. Right. All right, Tracy. This is your shit. Like you can't tell me you bullshit. Right. I can't feed you the bullshit. You can't bullshit me because I already know. So you can bullshit the person who doesn't know don't you. Know you. Who's just put in a place a placeholder? Right. But you can't bullshit somebody who really knows. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But we already know you know. So yes. now you got to figure out how to act on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck ever. You <laughs> right now. Even when I first started doing so, um, when I left doing that, I think at first I wasn't doing anything, and now I'm doing like more creative things. Yeah. Like. Um, and it's so cute now. So, as you know, my my company is called She Can Do That Too. So now people, even Tracy does, but I had somebody else do it yesterday, and I had to just laugh. So when they send me a message, they'll send me a picture of something that they want, and they be like, "Can she do that?" And I just was like, "Who?" <laughs> well, isn't that your business? And I just had to laugh, like, "Yeah, it is. Yeah, she can do that. Whatever, mm-hmm. give me a minute, she can do that." <laughs> and so on one of my taglines or well, one of my um I can't think of which social media it is, it might be my Pinterest. And so when it was asking about you and, and my quote was, Well, what do you do when life throws you a curveball? Because I felt like my job threw me a curveball. And so my answer to that was you get the hell out of the way. And you just get the hell out of the way and you start something you love. And so that's how I feel. Like, if I love this this week, I'm going to do it this week. If I figure out, you know what, this giving me a headache, I'm going to move on to something else. Mm-hmm. So my whole my whole outlook on my life right now is life gave me a curveball, get the hell out of the way, and do something I love. Like, it's my opportunity to figure out what I love. Yeah. I might not know what it is right now. Right now, I'm loving what I'm doing. Who's you to say know, next I, month? You are in, like, like I, I have to give you your props, too, because I feel like you are in the perfect space for you right now. Yes, it's going to be frustrating for you, mm-hmm. but ultimately, you're working your way to whatever that thing is. And it really is going to be multifaceted. It is not going to be one thing with you, KB. It does not. <laughs> I, I don't Whoever else is out there listening, if you that person... And you just can't like put your finger on it. That's okay. Just know that you know it's, it may not be meant for you to put your finger on one thing. That too comes from that old mindset, like that having that one job for thirty years, and you know it comes from that space. So it's yeah, not- we're we're definitely in that uh, age group that thinks, oh, this you know, our parents. Some of our parents stayed at the same type of job for so many years, and we got that same teaching, you know. And I, I mean, I'd be looking, you know, I got a couple of people that I know in my life, and I'd be like, you, you still at that job for real? Like, it's right. been like 24 years. Like, you don't want to you know, high school. Are, are you bored? No, no, not bored. Okay. My question, like, uh, do you own it? You own right. It. <laughs> How much stock you got? Exactly. Like, Exactly. You should be running right. stuff. You should know all the ins and outs. You should be able to get a hookup. You know us when we want a hookup. Like right. you should know everything. <laughs> now you'd have been there thirty years. Right. Uh huh. So um, I'm sorry. Yeah. The struggle that I have, I can't like put my finger on one thing. And so even talking back and forth with Tracy, I had to realize that there are no rules to it. You don't have to put your finger on one thing. Right. Things. I've never feel 
crazy about jumping from thing to thing, I feel like something is missing because I don't have that that one thing. Or or if it's eight things, I like I don't feel like I've had the heavens open up just like oh that's it like that has not happened <laughs> and I'm waiting for that to happen and it just may never happen right, so right. that's my big dilemma is like I'm, I so want that and to show the flip side of that growing up I never wanted to do anything but be in the medical field like even as like a four or five year old you know when you want to be princesses and ballerinas and all this thing I've always wanted to be I always want to be like a pediatrician like that never Ever. So that was my comfort. So when people be like, well, I don't know, like even with my kids, I'm like, how do you not know? I've always known. So now I'm feeling the flip side of it. So maybe I shouldn't have criticized people. Because now I'm in that You're just evolving. You're evolving. And it's not that you don't want to care for people still or, you know, take care of people. It's that's just that you're evolving. So um, another thing that I'm, I've started talking about on um, the Slate Challenge was talking about the difference between finding your passion and finding your purpose because they don't always match up. I have always been passionate about teaching. Like the first time I really realized, like kindergarten, I was like, oh, this is cool. But first grade, I was like, I want to be a teacher. I want to teach. And I want to Maybe that's why we've been teacher. friends all this time. I wanted to be a teacher too. Maybe that's why we've been friends all this time. I wanted to be a teacher too. Yeah, I wanted to be a teacher. Second grade, not so much. I didn't like her. First time I had a white woman as a teacher. And then, um, <laughs> but I was like, ooh, maybe, I don't know. But third grade, I want to be a teacher. Fourth, I want to be a third grade teacher. All the way up to fifth grade. And then when I got to junior high school, I hated all those kids. And then I liked high school. So I thought I would be a high school teacher. And so that is just something that's kind of always been part of the fabric of who I am. So even now, that's my ultimate goal is to teach. So the two things that I've always been passionate for is teaching and empowering women to empower themselves. And I had to look back at my life like, what? Oh, wow. Like, and that, those two things are always the overall themes. So those two parts of my jump rope, that's always going to be there. You know, so sometimes you just got to backtrack, look at what that is. And like my purpose, my purpose can be whatever my, whatever I choose my purpose to be. I ultimately decided that because I was like, you know what? Well, my purpose for a minute was nursing. I wanted to, you know, do all of this stuff and care for people. And I had a great nursing career and all of that. And then I was like, "Mm, I feel like my purpose is more than just this. And so then I made the decision to evolve and change my life and go in this direction. So it's doable. It's doable. I like that. Yeah. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. Finally, right? I know. We just get caught up. You know how it is, though, when you're talking to your friends. And even if you're talking about random shit, it just keeps going on and on and on. So it's a little long today. But anyway, it is what it is. And oh, this is just a reminder that there are so many ways for you to show your love and support right now. Don't forget, if you haven't done so already, to subscribe, share, and rate this podcast. And we are now on numerous platforms. So if we're not on your favorite podcast outlet, just drop us a line, let us know what that is, and we'll add that right on in. 
And also, let us know if you have any questions, any comments, anything at all you'd like to share, any topics you'd like us to address. Please feel free to send all correspondence to questions at laughwithus.com. That's questions at laughwithus.com. While you're at it, just go on over to the website, visit us, get to know us a little bit better. While you're at it, just come on over, visit us at the website, lafwithus.com. There you can get to know us, you can listen to your favorite podcast, you can show your love, all of that other good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, we'll work on keeping the random shit to a minimum, but we ain't making no promises. You just remember that this is your life. So live it out loud and on purpose. And from myself and the ladies here at the Laugh Out Loud podcast, much love to you now and always. Keep laughing. Mwah.